The Morningland Papers. The year is 1973. An Italian couple begins a metaphysical church using a storefront in Long Beach. It's in California at 7th Street and Ohio. Healings, readings, spaceships, and oneness were offered amidst mysticism cloaked in gold, purple, and new age lingo like tarot, astrology, and numerology. The man claimed he was Christ. The woman helped promote the idea. Today they own the city block. Both founders are deceased and trained leaders carry on the destructive cult. As an ex-member, I'm here to get the story straight. Finally, Morningland, 50 years a cult. Trigger warning. Some people may find topics discussed in this episode difficult. Please proceed with caution. Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 77 of Frankie Files Podcast. I'm Frankie Tees. Steve Ryan joined me a few months ago, but the audio wasn't able to be processed. We had some kind of issue with downloading a remote recording due to his position in Canada. Finally, we caught up from the States to Canada again, where he lives part-time. Steve Ryan was named Mon Rasson as a disciple in Morningland and was initiated with a spiritual mantra, as the leaders used to call it. In this episode, we discuss the death of his ex-wife's brother, the sexually charged environment of Morningland, the second leader, Sri Donato, who's mentioned any time we say her or she, it likely about Sri Donato during this conversation. Steve Ryan's time in Morningland was mind-bending, and he has been industrious in his warnings about Morningland to the public on message boards, review boards, like Yelp, etc. I just want to say thank you for that, Steve Ryan. Steve gave me an essay to read, which is his Morningland story, and you may want to start by listening to episode 67. Steve's story involved coming to the temple because it was open-minded about gay and lesbian people. After arriving, Steve was directed to be in a straight marriage. For his spiritual development, of course, and discussing how it was accomplished, he tells us, He finally saw through it all and left of his own volition. Morningland is a sex cult, and Steve Ryan plainly gives us more detail of it from his unique point of view. Steve here discusses so many things which help give me answers quite overtly to the fact that drugs and sex were all over Morningland. When I was a young person, they were hiding it from me and not doing it in front of me. Steve plainly discusses the false healings promised of AIDS, which the temple made to the Long Beach gay community. So finally, join me in welcoming a member of Morningland who got out. His voice is strong, and he and his husband were able to form a life outside of his traumatic experience. He met him after his departure. Steve brings us through his experience in greater detail, bringing this true crime story to life in greater depth. The year he entered was 1977. Steve is age 20 at that time, and he remained in Morningland until 1984. Just like my mom, in fact, she was let go the day of my birthday. And so was he in 1984. It was September. Spaceships, healing, sexuality, and other dimensions, teachings from many different New Age sources, 
were part of Morning Wind. Let's get into the detail of one disciple who survived this cult, Steve Ryan, a.k.a. Mon Rosson. Here we go. The Morningland Papers. An Italian couple begins a metaphysical church using a storefront in Long Beach, California at 7th and Ohio. Healings, readings, spaceships, and oneness were offered amidst mysticism cloaked in gold, purple, and New Age lingo like tarot, astrology, and numerology. The man claimed he was Christ. The woman helped promote the idea. When he died, she took over. Today, both founders are deceased, one buried under the temple. Trained leaders carry on the destructive cult. As an ex-member, I'm here to get the story straight from other survivors, from my own story, and finally to tell the public, Morningland is 50 years a cult. One of the burning questions I had that, you know, on that recording we got lost Mm -hmm. is you told me about your wife in Morningland's brother Mm -hmm. dying. Mm -hmm. You tell me that story and how they treated it as a healing when we know that's not what took place. Yeah, they said he made his ascension and Patricia Mm -hmm. helped him through the vortex to get back to the mothership and blah 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 and he died of uh, bone marrow cancer jim or bajon and nice guy he played the bass um in feathered servant and then peta it's a, a big deal he was the first disciple that i knew of under patricia's reign that right. died while in Morningland as a disciple mm-hmm. and we Knew he was gonna exit pretty soon because he was just failing, failing, and he was in in hospital. So we mm-hmm. went and visited him, and uh, Anne and I, and about four other people. I think Aljara, Peta, myself, Dramata, Anya. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. were all there, and the nurse let us stay there late. It was like about nine o'clock at night and they wanted to close up but one of the nice things the nurse said she pointed at the uh morphine drip and said if he requests more morphine you can turn that up one notch but don't do it more more than that or he could overdose and then she winked and so when he he was he was sort of awake but he was on morphine drip and we and Anne, his his sister, Avion, she said, well, is it time for you to exit? And he said, yeah, I, I need to leave now. And mm. she said, so do you want me to just turn the morphine up? And he says, I would like that. Yes, please. And, and I love you all very much and thank you and all that. And mm-hmm. then we turned on the morphine drip and he passed away while we were there. And it felt like the room exploded. I don't know what to describe it as, but it was one of those things in my life I'll never forget, which always makes me wonder about spiritual things, right? Because you couldn't Mm -hmm. deny what you felt at the moment. 
but you couldn't touch it or see it, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody yes. had the same same kind of feeling, just like an energy buzz happening in the room. Mm -hmm. So we immediately, Anne got on the phone and called the temple and, and told Patricia what had just happened. And then she called, Patricia called us all back to the temple. So we all went back and it was probably about 11 o'clock at night. Supposedly the ascension began. It became like a pattern after mm. a while. I saw this multiple times. It was like, okay, when you die near her, you will be guided through the ascension. There's no proof of anything like that. And, <laughs> you know, like one of the things uh, Stephen Mercer was telling us about the idea of spiritual robbery and the idea of um, energy theft. And mm -hmm. it's just a lot to promise. <laughs> and, you know, it just makes me think of the gravestone. There was this small article about Donato gravestone saying, mm -hmm. you know, born 1973, Ascension 1976. Right. Three years. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I know. it. Gets, I mean, the metaphysical itself can get extremely strange. What yeah. do you remember? Like when you look back now. And we read your full story um, in episode 67, if people would like to hear that synopsis, which was so well written. I really love it. Thanks. You hit on so many things that not only brought back memories, but it concisely talked about the style of manipulation and the mm -hmm, type mm -hmm. of psychological gaslighting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, it's not something people maybe heard about this type of thing in maybe like catholic school or whatever but we're talking adults and kids everybody mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just like when you were talking about being in a room in the script mm -hmm. i read of your story being in a room and having shreed on a stand at the door and say can you smell the fear to someone she oh, was, God, that was so scary horrible she <laughs> acts like she's dante and then she's yes, giving someone yes. a tour of inferno you're listening to The Frankie Files, frankiefilespodcast.com. Yes, yes. And of course, whatever she says, she's seeing the mm -hmm. aspirant or disciple, of course, um, mimics back what they hear. Or Absolutely. maybe they really go into the same place she's in. I have no idea. But yeah, that was a horrible moment. And it also just really, it pissed me off. It was like, <laughs> yeah. you know, this really pisses yeah. me off. I, mm -hmm. Not because, because we've seen it all before and you've done this so many times and it's mm -hmm. a waste of my time and I'm not buying it for another minute. I will let you guys play your game until the end of the show and then I'm right. going home and that's it. I'm out of here. No, it was a smooth exit. Her flipping that switch, you were speaking to her. And she treats you like a pet because I was in the experience like you were when she treats mm -hmm. you like us like a pet, you know, sit at her yeah, feet. Yeah. What did mm -hmm. you do today? Yeah, she'll stroke mm -hmm. your hair and tw twirl right. it and all those things. Yes. And, then, uh, and then she can turn on you just as quick. But, and uh, that's something my experience too. It's like when I was leaving and I just was looking right in her eye, I was just like saying nothing. And I, I was like, you know, 12 years of service, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she says, well, well, if you leave, who's going to watch those kids in the other room that you were watching? And I, I just was you. like, that's, that's it? Not my problem. 
And I just walked away. I walked out with a dollar in my pocket to get a bus. I kid you not. Like, no, you got to be prepared to leave with nothing. Yeah, I, I left broke, but I had a job and I was able to yeah. stay yeah. stay at the hotel that I worked at because I was in management. So they said, just stay here. You know, we totally understand what you're going through. They didn't, but they thought they did. But uh, mm -hmm. they were very helpful, very caring, loving. It was very strange to have non-disciples be caring like that. Yeah. Because you know, I thought the opposite would happen. That's kind of what we're told. Oh, no, you're going to spiral into you hell and everything everything you came mm -hmm. into Morningland with will return to you. And was, I, you know, I've been through the whole AIDS epidemic with, you know, my community. Mm -hmm. So it's... So I've, had, I've seen a lot of horror, but, but then there was yeah. a horror in Morning Lab where they would say they would they can heal AIDS. I was a yeah. part of that whole pocket trying to bring people in to heal them of AIDS, and yeah. I knew that was a lot. I knew that wasn't real, and it was mm -hmm. another thing of well, maybe you mean help them make their ascension before they die, kind of healing, right? Which is basically is what they meant. Because there's no way they could heal AIDS. They can't heal hardly anything. And my mom and I, we still have this poster where she even yes. said AIDS heals the yes. words. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't get yeah. more of a lie than that. No. no That's an incredible. The year we were living in, right? They kept changing the year. So we were we were in the year 2021 we were in the year 2030 we're in the year 2032 whatever and and it all had to do with frequencies and vortex and how far it's reached mm -hmm. out into the city of long beach and you can feel when you've driven across that line where the vortex reaches so you spend all your time trying to feel things right. that aren't real but then if you're not feeling it, there's something wrong with you, right? Yes. <laughs> and so you just you start bet. making shit up. That's what I was you doing. Bet. Okay, so imagine if you're a young person, yeah. right? Because you, you never even got to form a thought. I never, <laughs> and, and those whoever they got younger than me in future right. or whatever, I was they, you have done so well um, testimonial commentary about Morningland, you know, your statement, mm -hmm. it is a world of make believe they create. <laughs> and we're yeah. in it. And like you said, it's a mirror, everyone's surrounding you. Yeah. And yeah. the best movie I've ever seen was called um, Midsommar. And mm. it's considered a Danish horror film. I think it's Danish, but college oh, kids God. get invited to stay somewhere for a summer. And they never come back. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com No, you can think back to your recruitment, and it is one thing I wanted to ask you about. Your mm -hmm. recruitment into Morningland, what are the words? Oh, well, a lot of coincidental things happened the day that I got contacted. And, and told about okay. Morningland. So I had, prior to going to Morningland, I was a uh, high-end prostitute for a guy. And uh, 
I requirement was to keep my day job so it appeared that everything was legit. I lived with my pimp and slept with um, very wealthy, quote unquote, straight men, you know, <laughs> that were married and had families. And so I yeah, was into yeah, yeah, older yeah. guys. So I was like, sure. He paid me about, I didn't make a lot of money. I made, I got to keep all my money from my job that mm -hmm. he covered room and board and drugs and clothes, travel and all kinds of stuff. So I was mm -hmm. doing quite well at 19 and uh, was a teller at a bank training tellers, right? And it, through the drive through window tellers. Mm -hmm. And I had two twins, identical twins, uh -huh. Uh -huh. and they were a fucking nightmare. <laughs> and they would, they kept playing games with me. And here I'm trying to train them. And it was a Friday. Okay. And the line went all the way around the bank with cars. So we were moving too slowly. And uh -huh. so I'm trying to speed it up. And my lunch break comes around. And I turned to one of the twins and I said, these are my keys. And I dropped them into the, uh, the uh, money drawer. And then I shut the door which automatically locks. And I said, give me 15 minutes before you let them know I've just quit. I got in my car and got out of there before they did anything. <laughs> but they called my mother who worked out of the bank head office. That's how I got the job, <laughs> little nepotism. They called my yeah. mom. My mom calls her hairdresser who happens to be my pimp. My pimp has put a lock on the door and put all of my clothing that was mine and stuff, which wasn't a lot, in a big black plastic bag, put it at the front door with a note on the door saying, you don't live here anymore because I broke the, the rule. conditions were broken, yeah. Yes, oh and God. dangerously so because my mom had oh. office. Anyway, it's a long story. So I went right. to my dad's house. I went to my dad's house. I said, can I stay the night just tonight? He said, sure, no problem. So I stayed the night. In the morning, I get a phone call. And I've got money, right? So it's not a big deal, but I'm not going to waste mm -hmm. money. So I stay the night. In the morning, mm -hmm. I get a phone call from a lesbian girlfriend of mine that lived, I grew up with across the street. Her mm -hmm. name's Debbie. And Debbie says, oh, I've been looking all over for you. I found this place. You will just love it. They, It's very spiritual and they do readings and blah, 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 blah. And they accept mm -hmm. gays and lesbians and you really like it. You got to check it out with me. And I've been going there and I said, sure, I'll mm -hmm. go check it out. But she, I think, yeah, I drove all the way to Long Beach to her apartment, which was down off of, I think, off Obispo. And mm -hmm. um, the next day was Saturday, I think. And we went to, we went to the... Uh, whatever it's called, the festival in the parking lot. That's how I got introduced. So I was, and knowing there's a spiritual place that allows gays and lesbians to grow, right. I thought, oh, cool. Right. You know, and right now I need something like that. So because that transition so, moment is so often where we yeah. get recruited yes. into cults, it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. something different. You had already been in some type of servitude situation. I really mm -hmm. think Shri Patricia had a nose for that. Yeah, I think you're right. She liked that. Yeah, she knew a lot of the places I frequented too. She See? she was kind of like a she was kind of like a fag hag. She had a lot of gay Big friends. Time. She so she liked to Agreed. hear me tell my stories and she, you know, but usually in private or with just 
one other cool person like Paradisius or whoever. The Frankie Files. When I would be in these council only training sessions mm -hmm. with the group, I would hear her tell stories. And I really came to the conclusion she was a prostitute before she met Donato. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, alluded to that with me as well. Okay. Not necessarily prostitution, but more like willing to explore and risk, yeah. you know, like yeah, BDSM okay. stuff. I know she got into BDSM for a while. Yeah. One guy that I kind of knew, you know, out of the corner of my eye, out in the gay world, mm -hmm. he was really badass BDSM guy. Mm -hmm. He had all these horror stories about him and that he threatened her life. And doesn't sound like him. <laughs> now that I look at it, like she was a swinger big time. And mm -hmm. like when they, when she told the story of meeting Donato in New York, mm -hmm. she was wearing high boots, walking around in the snow alone. And she <laughs> went to a restaurant to get coffee and warm up and she met him mm -hmm. and they had a wild weekend. And I heard this directly from Shreve Donato's mouth, late night mm -hmm. sessions. And then they had a wild weekend and he, uh, she invited him to come to California permanently. And he left his wife and child and met her there and started the church eventually. But right. I do think that it's so funny how the media and everything has they've successfully probably because it was pre-internet they morningland has successfully created an atmosphere that they were just these puritans yeah. christian alternative right. and it was like no there was sex and drugs no. everywhere yeah yeah no there was a lot of sex and drugs and stuff like that yeah he was still married with the child yeah but it right. seems like all that information's buried donato's sister had a child who had a child i can't think of her name but she's kind of in with the ex morningland group she did her thesis on being the grand niece of a cult leader donato her whole dissertation for her phd she had to be at least wow. 22 doing her phd so she had more information than any of us had mm -hmm. right she had no idea that she had an a great uncle who happened to be a cult leader in Long Beach, wow. California. They've accomplished keeping things pretty quiet. Yes. <laughs> historically. And yeah. that is definitely why I started the podcast is because it's like, yeah. let's get some actual uh, firsthand accounts out here that aren't ironed clear, clean, and crisp. It's not about the turtle. First oh. year I started doing this, I was inundated by who must be private detectives or lawyers hired by Morningland. I was mm -hmm. inundated. But it's true what you say, and like the healing and the ascension, it's its own scam. The Damas family that came, I don't know if you remember, yes. but yeah. years-wise, there's a lot of, you know, grayness on what year it was, but I think this was more like 1984 because I remember this and I was still there. So it had to be prior to it had to be prior to September of 84. He, he died when he was in Morningland again, same situation. 
And I remember he backed off on medical care towards the end. And um, in a professed moment of love to the master, talked about the big donation he was giving. And this was partly to secure his ascension. Now the Moonies do this. It was like, I was just turning 18. Can you think of that? Like, You were there and, and your sister. Both of you were there the day in the class that basically ghosted me out of Morningland. Well, the fear was real high. As, well, as soon as I made my announcement, I'm sure everybody went into shock. The Frankie Files. Here goes another one, you know. I mean, it's just so, it's so awful the way you were treated. I mean, you come in gay and you're told to marry a straight person right away. It's like, and then you're, you know, pulled in and, and treated with care and as, as a, someone she, you know, cared for. Yep. Like this one's come up and coming kind of guy. And when she does that, what I call in training, the sex issues and the controls begin. It's like, make you do the exact opposite of what you're naturally inclined to do. And so, yeah, that's what I've been researching and they call that sexual disorientation. And it is a head trip. It's a gaslight. It's a, it's a means of disorientation and control. It's nasty and it happened to me too. Well, I think everyone, I think all the gopies were in on that game except for Dion. I don't think Dion knew sex was going on in the group of gopies and some of the um, inner circle. Uh, I believe her when she says she doesn't, didn't know that. But I think every other gopi knew it. Uh, every other gopi participated. Yeah, so I'm sure Tane was a part of that, and I know she had a child. I think her name was Janelle, Janae, whatever. But I'm sure she was sexing it up with Patricia or whoever she was being paired with. And when I learned about some of the stuff that was going on in Escondido, um, this was, you know, early. So this was part of the roots of Morningland. It isn't like it was accidentally going on later, you know what I mean? And because uh, they were giving children, uh, young people, permission slips to come to uh, Escondido Temple after school. And the parents were uh, being threatened by the kids. Like, if you don't sign this so I can go to Morningland after school, I'm running away. <laughs> and then the parents were then forced with this choice, which is what happened to my mom, to ostracize their kids and yank them out. Or just go with and it. Allow it. Or mm -hmm. allow it. And this is really a game she perfected. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's called trafficking. Mm -hmm. Straight up. <laughs> it's called trafficking. And yeah. I do think they had a little system, you know? Yeah, they had a way of breaking people little by little. It was pretty good. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. I include myself in the persons that have been broken. Mm -hmm. um, like a breaking a horse, you got to mm -hmm. get them used to stuff first, right? Mm -hmm. And in Escondido, Gopi Sarabati was definitely trained by Sri Patricia how to do sports sex. <laughs> to rope people in. Sex for sport, you know. Mm -hmm. Rope them in. 
and she was underage too, which was like really sketchy. Like, you know, and Quota was only Penny was only like maybe eighteen, nineteen. Well, it looks like, for example, with us, they started trafficking us at twelve and really trying to get that um, relationship going. And then by eighteen, it was like flip the switch, you know, legality yeah. Yeah. has kicked in. But there was so much grooming and touching before that. Right. It's like I don't even know anymore. But right. the the fact is, <laughs> yeah, it's really hard because these guys <laughs> are so versed in lying and manipulation. Yeah. Well, my first choice when they said go ahead and look around the look around the ashram at, at women because your soulmate might be in female four, I said, Well, I'd like to date date this woman and that was Mary, which who was Shokru. And they said, Oh no, she's already in a relationship with another guy. Oh, coincidentally named Steve. Her sister's available and you might want to check her out. Her name's Raven at the time. Uh and I thought, no, she, Raven and I were friends, so it was kind of, no, that wouldn't work out. So when Mary and I were teaching a war, a oneness class, show crew and I, she, um, that's when I met Anne. I didn't know her brother was Bajan, but that was kind of cool. Regarding, which, you know, that's why I can freely say it's a sex cult. And I'm the first to freely say it. It's astounding um, when we think about it, the brokenness, because, I mean, Mary, uh, her marriage was broken up. And then she, yeah, and then she, uh, by the time I was assigned to be with her, um, she was a hollow shell. Morningland is a story of tragedy and true crime. I can't see it any other way. I'll never see it any other way. So this is where, of course, I've butt heads with some people that think, that there was some good in it. Well, if it started by two criminals, most likely that's where the basis of, you know, everything's coming from, the theology and everything. You're listening to The Frankie Files. FrankieFilesPodcast.com And the doctrine was all over the place. I wrote down some stuff that I remember that we used, were assigned, you know, and that was used. Bhagavad Gita, the Bible, mm-hmm. the Upanishads, mm-hmm. Carlos mm-hmm. Castaneda, Be-, Be Here Now, Gandhi. Gandhi. Oh, so much mm-hmm. about Gandhi, right? Yeah, Yogananda. Yogananda, Buddhism, yeah. shamanism. Ramdas. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All over the map. And then the Book of Thoth, Aleister Crowley. And then Urantia. The Book of Urantia. That's right. Oh, my gosh. That's, that was used all the time. Yeah, that was a huge book. Right. Nietzsche. But that's basically the whole philosophy of Morningland. It is. Yeah, yeah it I is. remember doing the teaching. And I'm studying yeah. Madame Blavatsky a little bit to understand how it went all the way back to the 1800s with this Russian woman. Mm. And she was the first, like, Sri Patricia... In the 1800s, to say, I am channeling the Great Bright Brotherhood. You can only hear their thoughts through me. <laughs> she did that then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she took a, Sri Patricia yeah. took a note from that one. Yeah, she was very well read in all that stuff. So. She was, and there was no really original yeah. doctrine. There was only, um, like no. most churches, 
regurgitation and framing yeah. of previous work. Mm-hmm. Well, I just wanted to go back to your comment. Um, as far as all good or all bad, and I think what happened was once Dan's dead, we've got a charismatic psychopath who's been training other psychopaths and psychopathy can be learned and boy she was working on all of us and uh and you know show crew once upon a time was mary and mary once upon a time was just somebody like all of us looking for a spiritual fix and got caught up in a psychopath's lie in this day and age of the internet there's no reason you can't know a lot about any group or cult before you get totally bought into them, right? Take your time, study, ask questions, and trust your gut. If they aren't answering your questions up front, ask more questions. Because the questions, they can't answer the questions. They can shuffle around it or that's a question for Patricia or that's a question for Shokru. Like, no, I'm asking you. You've been here long enough to answer this question. You're making me uncomfortable that you can't answer my question. So people need to be more, don't take bullshit for an answer. Because at the end of it, it's just someone wanting your time and money if they can't answer simple questions. If there's websites that say bad things about Morningland, well, we can't all be making it up. Maybe a few of them are exaggerated or whatever. I don't know. But trust that something is up. I guess that's what I would leave people with. Thank you for being with us, Steve. I, I enjoy doing this. This is, makes me feel good knowing that my voice is being heard So, in my story. Well, I'm glad you have an available source, so thank you. You're welcome. Keep on keeping on. Cults, coercion, and sexuality in society. These are the topics for the Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Tease, your host, and I'll continue to focus on my own family story as well as news and recovery info for those who've survived, especially the adult children of cults. New each Tuesday. See FrankieFilesPodcast.com for more. Hashtag Occupied Cults. Occupied Cults certainly speaks for itself. It's time that we get the word out about the damage these cults do financially, emotionally, psychologically, sexually, generationally. And that's part of what prompted me to begin speaking out. The hashtag Occupy Cults should be placed on anything you want the awareness raised on and to disseminate this information even more widely than it is now. So check out the hashtag Occupy Cults. Wear it on a t-shirt. Chalk it on the neighborhood. Get the word out. Occupy Cults means just that. Pay attention to what's going on. Those survivors who are trying to speak out need your support. So thanks for listening and uh, check out Occupy Cults, the hashtag.